Podcasts in space. We're in space now? No, but... Well, I don't know how to tell you this, but don't look out the window. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And this is our podcast, where we do sometimes comic news, sometimes gaming news, generally movie news, and almost always a movie review. I don't know why I paused for that long halfway through. (laughs) I'll get a descriptor that I'm satisfied with memorized at some point. It'll happen, but today is not that day. Mm. Basically two years of doing- ugh, I gotta bleep that. Basically two (laughs) years of doing this, and- and we still curse in the first five minutes. <laughs> that, and I've still yet to figure out that, you know, maybe describing what the podcast is about right at the start might help with retention. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, retention, smetention. <laughs> well, no, if we, if we want to do, if we want to do better, retention is important. Eh, fair. <laughs> well, that's neither here nor there. We actually, uh, ironically, despite that scripter, I don't have any comic or game news, but I do have movie news. <laughs> yeah, as I say, like, I will say I've been trying to be better about checking for game news, but there hasn't really been anything interesting on my end as well, so... I found something, but I I didn't want to go on a rant about it. Yeah. You know what? Forget it. Pal World is out. You know what? <laughs> was that it? That, was that the Yeah, point? that was kind of it. It's like seeing Pal World just pop up out of nowhere, and it's like, what is this game? And it's like... I look at footage and I was like, so basically you just shoot Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's sort of a parody of the monster taming genre or something of the such. Yeah, it looks like a weird mix of like Pokemon and Fortnite and PUBG. I, I don't know what's going on here, but I know it's making waves and that people are apparently sending death threats to developers. <laughs> That's not on. Look, guys, don't send death threats to people, all right? That's not cool. Yeah, that is not kosher. And part of why I was contemplating not really getting into it is because some of the worst stuff is completely unsubstantiated. Hmm. Like, you know, there's accusations being flung around of them using generative AI and plugging in Pokemon designs to get their monsters. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them aren't too far off from the ones I've seen, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> no, obviously, there's no evidence as of yet of AI beyond apparently somebody high up in the company a while ago talked about the the potential interest in using generative AI for video game making or something of the such a, a, a while ago, which is gross. Right. But there's no real evidence it was used in Power World. I will say, however, these designs look plagiarized as heck. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> like, it's, it, it, it's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, and not to mention, one of their uh, earlier games, I believe it was called Craftopia, has a lot of similar similarities to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm. So, quality of the game notwithstanding, at the very least, it seems like their design sensibilities need a uh, originality boost. <laughs> and before anybody says anything about me being a Game Freak defender, y'all know that for as much as I play Pokemon, nobody's more disappointed by Pokemon than me. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I I was going to comment on that statement, and I was like, no, but this is the person who also shits on Pokemon as much as he plays it. <laughs> and I've accepted that the series... Well, no, actually, I haven't accepted that the series will never recapture that same sense of wonder that it had in my youth, because there's no mm. reason it can't. They just have to, you know, slow down the releases, 
not have as much crunch. Not have horrific anti-aliasing on the system that the game is designed for. Yeah, maybe expand (laughs) your staff a bit. Yeah. Diversify your... (laughs) (laughs) I I, I actually had to stop myself there. (laughs) Good job. No, I love a Pokemon Crusher, but... Not even a Crusher. I love something that jars them out of the sense of complacency that comes with being the biggest multimedia franchise on the planet and actually inspires them to get off their asses and try something different. Yeah, to be like, and this is why we're the biggest multimedia series on the planet. <laughs> and no, making it quote-unquote open world doesn't count, especially not when that quote-unquote open world doesn't have level scaling, so everything is still set to be taken on in a specific pattern. Oh, that's actually pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you can go fight these in any order you want, but if you go to fight the 8th gym leader first, you're gonna get your shit stomped in. Conversely, if you also want to retry things you had a harder time with earlier in the game at a higher level, now they're just, like, baby easy. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's Pokemon. They don't have that kind of... They don't have that kind of nonsense. You gotta wait till post-game for that. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. So, yeah, no, the the thing there is I, I have very little interest in Pal World, which is another part of why I wasn't really gonna bother, but, like, I don't know. I just don't feel obligated to say... These designs are a little sketch. Yeah, just a tad. <laughs> By which I mean, they look a little like a Pokemon sketch. Oh, oh, good job. I'm thank sure you, you're thank proud you. of that one. Did you see the thing about how, like, this is apparently, like, the... As far as paid games on Steam, this is, like, actually taking the number one spot for most players. That's a little players. gross. Yeah, for, like, most players at any given point, it's, like, 1.3 million players just on Steam. Who? At peak, that is. But the game is also on xbox via game pass as well can i just Um, ask where the fuck were y'all for digimon cyber sleuth (laughs) for real Mm. disgusting yeah and hey you know don't judge a book by its cover unless that cover looks like they uh traced over something else and then just added some different flair yeah (laughs) it's like going to the chinese automotive school of design Although, granted, China's a be- uh, Chinese cars are definitely a lot better about that now. There was a period, a very fascinating period in, like, modern Chinese car design where it was very clearly rip-offs of, like, Western cars. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, so I'm gonna stop talking out my ass because games... I don't know enough... I-, I really don't know enough about Power World that I should be judging, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Can I just say, it would be very funny if you do... Because I assume you haven't actually sat down to play this game, right? Oh, of course not. No, it would be extremely funny, if I'm being completely honest. If I end up loving it gameplay-wise? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be like me with Mario Kart. <laughs> For years, I just hated Mario Kart, and then I figured out how drifting works, and how I can do well at like the highest CC levels. Like, oh, this game's actually pretty fun! <laughs> yeah, apparently the solution was we just had to put him at 200 CC, and now all of a sudden he's... <laughs> <laughs> It's like racing game guy hates Mario Kart until he found out this one secret that nobody told him. <laughs> now he's Super Mario Andretti Kart. Is that a thing? Is, is Mario oh. Andretti a person I'm thinking of? I mean, Mario Andretti is a person. He, he any good? He did well. If it's the person... Wait. Oh, wait, yes. Mario Andretti was very good. I'm thinking of his son, Michael. <laughs> yeah, the Andretti family is huge. And basically, like, most of their names start with M. 
Yeah, no, I just had to pull a racing game out of my butt, and that was that was the first one that came to mind, and bonus points for, you know, the name Mario. Yeah, Mario Andretti was a very, is, he's still alive, somehow. Huh. <laughs> oh, he's old as dirt, too. But he was a very successful racing driver. His son, uh, okay, his son did actually win the IndyCar Championship um, in 1991, so never mind. <laughs> Alright, let's get into movie stuff. Oh boy. Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan are teaming on a very secretive feature film project. Okay. We don't know anything about it beyond that it's a genre feature. What does that mean again? Well, that could be literally anything. Like, that just... That could be a horror movie, that could be a sci-fi movie, a fantasy movie. Mm. That, that could be all kinds of things. Okay. On the map, what we know is that Coogler has written the script and will direct. Mm. Michael B. Jordan is gonna star... It's based on an original idea from Coogler. It's the first script from him through his production company, Proximity Media. First spec script, I should say. And apparently executives and buyers had to go to the Beverly Hills offices of the agency that represents them both just to look at the script and get details. They're being that secretive about it. Oh, wow. So it's basically a thing like, no, you have to go to this spot probably surrounded by other people to make sure that you don't leak shit. <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty intense. That is kind of insane, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Either way, I'm looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Kugler's one of those directors where I need to catch up on more of his work, because all I know him... I know he's done other stuff, like I'm aware of the movie Fruitvale Station, but all I've seen are the Black Panther movies. Right. But those are good. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, the first one. the first one's a goddamn amazing movie and yes. the fact that i i have some i have some quibbles with the second one but the fact that the second one is a movie after the lead actor tragically passing away from unforeseen circumstances and actually folding that into the fabric of the movie itself and still making it a goddamn movie is nothing short of spectacular right so yeah i guess i'll just have to wait and see on this one yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes of it, and I'm kind of with you on needing to watch more of his stuff. Fortunately, I think he's—I don't think he's got too big a filmography. Let me double check real quick, cause like it is small. Cause I did look it up. As far as major films, it's that he's been both the director and writer on. It's both Black Panthers, Creed, and oh. Fruit, Fruit Foul Station. Then I have seen most of his movies. Actually, I saw Creed. Yeah. You know what's funny is that I still haven't. <laughs> Creed was pretty all right. I need yeah, to watch it again because unfortunately, the, when I watched it, was I was just trying to catch up for Creed three. Mm-hmm. So I was I was paying attention, but I was kind of you know passively watching it. Right. But it was good. Oh yeah. Heck, you want me to deal you in next time I watch it? Sure. All right. Cool. Cool. We also got an announcement that Godzilla minus one minus color is going to be getting <laughs> a theatrical release in the U.S. Is it actually called minus one minus color? Yes. Oh, that's the best they could come up with? I like it. Eh, I mean, eh, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, I can't come up with anything better right now. I will get yeah, that exactly. But I don't that's think... That's what I thought. But at the same time, if I'm being honest, it's like that. I don't think that's a great title either. <laughs> Grayzilla minus one? Is that what you want? Ugh. Oh, no, that's just... I feel like that's offensive. <laughs> What's offensive about Grayzilla? I don't know, it's just like, it feels like it'd be kind of undermining how good of a movie it is by calling it Grayzilla. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm getting a really bad idea, I'm gonna keep it to myself. Oh no, please do share with the class. <laughs> 
So now that I've taken my foot out of my mouth with my magical editing powers... Magic editing, magic editing, magic editing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, magic editing! (laughs) So, uh, that actually comes out this upcoming Friday, January 26th. Oh boy. And, uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but we do not have a lot of options next week, so it might... That might be our pick. <laughs> Y'all might just have to sit there and listen to us talk about Godzilla Minus One again, only this time it's In black Hito. and white. Yeah. <laughs> because it's in black and white, and therefore mm. artsier. Oh, man. <laughs> but no, the director said that apparently the black and white gives the film and the monster a realistic documentary-like feel that's scarier than color. Okay. I mean, that's there's confidence coming through with nothing else. That kind of makes me more into it, if anything. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but eh, we'll see. We'll right. see. I mean, I'm not going to turn down an excuse to go watch Godzilla Minus One again. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. Still one of my favorites of last year. Yeah. But we're going to move on now. Yes, indeed, too. The newest news that I found, which is kind of bad news. Oh, boy. There's a new Jurassic World movie in the works. I thought they were done. <laughs> yeah, so did I, but I guess the I franchise ain't extinct finished. just yet. <laughs> what killed right. the dinosaurs certainly not hollywood uh, no god no they they gotta get their money cody <laughs> oh that's ridiculous and it has david coep the coep kept coep i don't know how you pronounce this it's david kept he kept making jurassic world <laughs> <laughs> uh, no he was the writer of the first two jurassic park movies though you know all right all right, fine. <laughs> that gives me a little bit of hope. <laughs> Look, the first Jurassic Park is a technical marvel, and yes. I respect the sense of wonder, but I... Look, full stop, I hate the Jurassic Park movies. I hate all of them. <laughs> and it's only because I always feel like, congrats, you brought back dinosaurs, and you're doing the stupidest things you could possibly do with them. Mm. Oh, we figured out how to bring back dinosaurs. We're gonna make a theme park. Are you high? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the best you could come up with. That's the best you've got. <laughs> and then years later, somebody's like, I got an idea. What? Weaponize them. Are you also high? I mean, I feel like I feel like it's more realistic for somebody to go, let's put guns on them than make a theme park. Like, if this happened in the real world, I would be going to bet a non-insignificant amount of money that someone in a world government, probably an American government, would be like, can we use them to kill people? No, 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 because you know... <laughs> A dinosaur's gotta cost like hundreds of millions of dollars to grow in a tank, right? You know what you mm. could you know what you could do instead of putting guns on a dinosaur? A tank! An actual tank! <laughs> Cause then it's one hundred percent human controlled, it's got armor <laughs> and guess what? If you come across a door, people could get out of the tank and open it with their opposable thumbs. Right. <laughs> What's a fucking T-Rex gonna do? Uh, be intimidating. Anyways. And maybe chomp on some people. <laughs> this is said to be launching a new Jurassic era. At this time, no. it's not... No! <laughs> yeah. At this time, Stop. it's not expected that Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, or any characters featured in the original Jurassic Park movies would be coming back. Hmm. So I guess another trilogy, which... <laughs> the only solace I take from this, and this is very bittersweet, Mm-hmm. is that we are one step closer to my dinosaur doomsday prediction for this franchise. <laughs> for those who don't know, 
I was to say, what is this? <laughs> I have a thought process with the Jurassic World movies. It's similar to how when people went into space in F9, it was stupid. <laughs> but we all just kind of accepted, yeah, this was an inevitable conclusion for this franchise to reach at a certain point. Like, eventually, they were going to go into space. It's, right. it, it's, it's not good, but we all saw it coming. And in that right. same vein, I predict that if you make enough Jurassic Park movies... Eventually, it's going to end with the villain being a sentient fucking dinosaur. A sentient, English-speaking, <laughs> possibly top-hat and monocle-wearing velociraptor with an mm. evil, sinister plan to either turn the entire planet into human-dinosaur hybrids or make dinosaurs the ruling class and start using grinding up humans to use as oil or something similar. And it's stupid. It's a terrible idea. But I feel like it's inevitable... And every Jurassic Park movie that gets made, we creep a little bit closer to that. <laughs> I could see them doing that too. Yeah, like, right. Because, because, like, and you don't I, want it, but it, no, but it's inevitable. Yeah. Well, it's like I, the only one of the trilogy I've seen from start to finish was the first one. But I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong. In two and three, they did kind of lean more towards the whole like using AI or whatever on the dinosaurs, right? I love with you. I didn't watch the second one. Oh, okay. <laughs> they didn't really use AI, but the dinosaurs were getting smarter. But then, then the third one, let me tell you, who oh boy, the third one takes a turn, and the main threat, <laughs> like, you know how Jurassic World, oh, this is gonna be a fucking rant. You remember how Jurassic World Dominion, all the trailers were like, dinosaurs are on the mainland, this is an unprecedented ecological disaster, and we're all probably gonna fucking die. Right. You remember that? Well, turns out, no, actually, dinosaurs on the mainland is an easily reconcilable problem that we don't have any issue with. The real problem is the swarm of corporate-engineered Cretaceous locusts. What? Yeah! <laughs> what? <laughs> the real threat in the fucking dinosaur movie is a swarm of bugs. <laughs> of weaponized bugs. <laughs> weaponized bugs designed to engineer food shortages to gain a monopoly on food production for the genetics corporation that grew them. Uh, alright, this sounds horrible. <laughs> Fucking terrible, and now they want more of these. <laughs> Look, I, I'm just saying, get David Tennant to voice the Velociraptor when you pull the trigger on it, alright? I would probably buy tickets instantly. <laughs> <laughs> just, there's any number of actors who are too classy to do this who would still nonetheless sign up to do it in a heartbeat, I think. And if you get any of them, I'll see it. Daniel Craig! <laughs> Daniel Craig, Stephen Fry... Daniel Craig, but he's got to do it in the J in, in the Benoit Blanc voice. Yeah, it, Christ, why am I blanking on the gentleman who who does Gregory House? Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. Yeah. <laughs> the worst part is I've never seen a single episode of House. Oh, you haven't? Not one. On one hand, I want to say we have to fix that. On the other hand, while I do think that House is genuinely an amazing series, it is also a series where I go, if you see a few episodes, that you're good. <laughs> ah. Let's get into superhero stuff. Oh boy. Including a throwback to the movie we didn't see last year, The Flash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you remember how in that movie we didn't see, there was a whole thing with the multiverse colliding or whatever, and there was yeah. a bunch of really ghoulish looking CGI cameos of actors from older movies? Yes. Well, uh, one of those obviously was Christopher Reeve from the 1978 Superman movie, and it's been said by his children. None of them watched The Flash, and they didn't have any involvement in that cameo. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
That's pretty bad, actually. <laughs> not a good look. God, no, not at all. Absolutely disgusting. Not quite as disgusting as the George Reeves thing, but mm. still not great. Anyways, to, to draw attention to something a little more important than just studio does something really gross. Yes. At the 2024 Sundance Film Festival, there was a... Uh, is? Was? I'm not sure if it's happened already or not. The premiere of a documentary, Super Slash Man, The Christopher Reeves Story. Okay. And uh, that that was part of what prompted this discussion with Christopher Reeves' kids, in which it was revealed that th- this did that they they weren't involved in any of that. Mm. But uh, as a as a little anecdote, uh, his son Will said, "In our hometown in Bedford, New York, the local movie theater went through a rebrand a few years ago. The person in charge of that shift reached out to me and said they'd love to have me screen a film of my choice of my dad's. I responded, "Sure, but not Superman. We're gonna do Remains of the Day." He was so proud mm. of his role in that movie. It's not a big role. It's an important role in the film. He got to show a completely different side of himself. I knew how proud he was of that. Not that he wasn't proud of Superman, but if he were here, he wouldn't choose Superman. He'd choose Remains of the Day. Mm. I don't think about the Superman films as much as I do about the swings he got took beyond this larger-than-life role. Hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting. I'm not, I'm not much of a documentary person, but right. assuming that distribution of this documentary gets picked up at Sundance, I'd watch that. Oh yeah, 100%. By all accounts, Christopher Reeve was a solid guy. Yeah. So, yeah, just, uh, yeah, fuck you, Warner Brothers, frankly. <laughs> it's like, and I guess we have another thing to add to the list of things to say fuck you, Warner Brothers, too. Right? <laughs> Zaslam! <laughs> it's like, let's l- review the list. Just like does the whole Looney Tunes thing of just a trail of paper on the floor going every which way. Boy, this is a long list. <laughs> Rolls across the state. Mm. <laughs> and then an interesting DC news. Okay. A while back, it was announced that J.J. Abrams and Ta-Nehisi Coates were working on a new Superman movie that would feature a black Superman. Okay. And according to James Gunn, that movie's still being worked on. Huh. Okay. Yeah, obviously this would presumably be an Elseworlds movie since... Obviously, it's not the same as the Superman Legacy one that's going to be taking place in the main DCU. Right. But if we can have multiple different Batman running around, there's no reason why we can't have multiple incarnations of Superman. I mean, we already have multiple incarnations of Joker. Don't remind me. Yeah, do, do you don't worry. I made that. I made that joke painfully as well. <laughs> oh, that's right. The sequel comes out this year. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I hate the first Joker so much. Mm. <laughs> I still find that funny, considering how much you love the last bit of it, even though it is a bit of the movie that genuinely shocks me every time I see it. <laughs> Which part? The oh, get, the part get... where he shoots De Niro in the face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, look, that part's good, alright? Joker is a is an A-plus acted movie with a C-minus script. Mm. But, damn if he doesn't Ah, uh, you get what you fucking deserve, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but no, I my main my main sources of trepidation for this are a J.J. Abrams, which means. Mm. Uh, but then again, this presumably isn't being used to launch a franchise, so hopefully that means he won't mystery box it and stuff in a bunch of questions he's got no intention of answering. Right. The only real reason for trepidation I have is a J.J. Abrams and b. While yes, there is room for multiple incarnations of Superman to exist cinematically, I also have concerns about 
characters we could explore instead, because as we've seen demonstrated by Marvel, there's only so much room on the release calendar. Right. And every project that goes to another Superman and another Batman is something that could go to another hero who hasn't already had the five shown on different them. incarnations of them. Yeah. There is a lot of variety that you can pick and choose from, from the, the source of material that you have. It doesn't have to always be Superman. Give me Plastic Man, you cowards! Yeah. Although I feel like they're trying to do a thing where it's like, okay, finally, we have a good, well-rounded, put-together Superman movie, and now we can do other things. And there will probably still will be someone in there who's like, no, but this isn't good enough. <laughs> you know what? As long as Country Network is sleeping on the Ben 10 franchise, mm. may I pitch... A Dial H for Hero series. Hmm. By which I mean a movie. Because a series would just draw inevitable comparisons to Ben 10, even though Ben 10 kind of ripped that series off. Right. <laughs> I say ripped off, inspired by. Mm. I'm a tremendous fan of Ben 10, believe me. Oh yeah, 100%. Formative experience. <laughs> and now for Marvel stuff. Oh boy. Yeah, these are some smaller updates. One is that at Sundance... Dominique Thorne, who's playing Riri Williams, confirmed mm. that production on Ironheart has wrapped. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alright, that's Still have no idea when this is coming out, but... Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I went from hating Ironheart as a concept to mm. actually genuinely being excited for her series, and now being tremendously disappointed that we have no idea when it's coming out, all because she was in Wakanda Forever. <sighs> Yeah, like, it's it's inter it's amazing how much that movie just, like, completely flipped your thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah. No, she's, okay, was terrible in the comics. Mm-hmm. I can't judge her recent stuff because I haven't read it, but she did not start off on a particularly good foot. Right. Not that that really matters in the grand scheme of things. So many characters started off completely racist anyway. <laughs> but she wasn't. <laughs> I was gonna say it's that like that wasn't the wait, problem with Ironheart. Wait, wait, wait. I was gonna say it's like okay, you've just given me a reason to read this now. <laughs> no, you know what I, I mean just... though. Like when a lot of characters oh, yeah, were of created course. in the fifties and sixties and forties and thirties and what have you, oh, it was. They're... Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But I'm just like, wait, did they start start Ironheart out as racist? Are you about to tell me that this like what fourteen year old black child prodigy her first issue just painted her as a massive racist because now it's like I want to see this. <laughs> I, no, I, I, no, no. Okay, I was to say like that would be both god awful but also amazing. <laughs> I, I was specifically referring to stuff like how Green Lantern Hal Jordan had an Inuit sidekick who uh. Ooh. <laughs> no, that's not the bad. Greg, that's not the bad part. Yeah, but I well I can already my brain is already going into into oh this. How much worse could this get? <laughs> well, they nicknamed him Pie Face. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the whole thing about introductions, because a lot of these characters, I mean, and obviously, I feel like I should just cut this whole bit. This is, just <laughs> this is rambling. It's like, how many cuts? One, two, two, th three. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. uh, no, you cuts. were doing a Tootsie Pop bit, and I just... <laughs> <laughs> They both work at the same time. It's okay. We can oh, fix man. this. We have the technology. No, I'm excited for Ironheart, though. Yes. I, I, so, same. Like, for me as well. And then, and perhaps the thing that I'm still most excited for. Mm-hmm. Daredevil Born Again officially resumed production today, the day of recording. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we record on Mondays, for those who don't know. Uh... <laughs> 
Also, they've got a new old stunt coordinator. What does that mean? Uh, Philip Silvera, the stunt and flight coordinator on the Netflix version, is back mm. as stunt coordinator and second unit director for the series. Okay. That's, that's encouraging. Yeah. It has also been announced the show is not going to be 18 episodes long anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably more in line with the original Netflix. So, what was it then, like 12? That was like 13. Oh, okay. Hey, if it's good, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, You can yeah. always make more seasons. Of course. Interestingly, it was also said, because last week, I believe, we went over the idea that uh, now the Marvel Netflix series are all considered canon. Vincent D'Onofrio said that apparently that was only recently decided when they decided to retool Born Again. <laughs> I wonder if that has any influence on his character. Maybe, who knows. That makes sense. They probably saw everybody was like, why would you bother to bring back the actors who played these characters and then completely depart from what made the people really like them? And yeah. went, huh, that is a stupid idea. Redo! <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's let's backtrack on that. It's like, alright, it's an understandable backtrack, but why did it take this long? <laughs> and then from the same Hollywood Reporter article about the series resuming production, mm -hmm. there's an interesting little tidbit in that Echo was apparently... Very successful in terms of views. Okay. And not just that, it actually resulted in major audience bumps rewatching season one and two of Daredevil, season huh. one of Punisher, and Hawkeye. Okay. Which all makes sense and is also very exciting. Yes, I mean, anything that gets more Punisher for me personally, I'm all for. Cause Give was, it to me! With the exception of Ironheart, or, or not Ironheart, Iron Fist. <laughs> um, all of them are solid shows for the most part, but Punisher was definitely my favorite. Daredevil's still my favorite. Punisher is a close second. Mm -hmm. And also, Punisher was the best part of the Daredevil season he was in, so... Which is... <laughs> which... I still maintain that the Punisher series wasn't planned. I don't know if it's ever been talked about, but it's like, I'm, I feel confident saying that someone probably saw how much people loved Punisher and how much at a certain point he was just completely upstaging Daredevil because that's what it felt like at a certain point. Oh, I'm and sure just... the spinoff plans were in place. They were probably just blown back at how strong the reaction of Frank was. Hmm. Fair. I liked it. Hell, I loved it! <laughs> but there's also an interesting tidbit at the very end of the article that says, mm. Marvel's interested in doing more with Echo and is already developing new ideas as it seeks to build out its street-level heroes. Okay. So, that's cool. Hmm. Maybe we can actually get heroes for hire. Yeah, not just have it teased. Because uh, I feel like that's kind of what Defenders was to an extent. That's Yeah, the Defenders was pretty much heroes for hire, but Daredevil and Jessica Jones got involved. Right. Has there been anything said about Jessica Jones at all? Besides not really. Mm. I mean, there were a bunch of rumors circulating around before that they were bringing Kristen Ritter back and that she was going to factor into Daredevil Born Again somehow, but... Nothing ever really seemed to come of that. It's not like John Bernthal coming back, which was confirmed. Mm, fair. Okay. But of course, that was before the retool, so who knows? But I also can't imagine they're in a big hurry to say, Yeah, we're bringing the Punisher back. Just kidding. <laughs> but no, I'm glad Marvel's interested in going more street-level stuff. Maybe this means we can get a Spider-Man 4 that doesn't involve 50,000 fucking Spider-Men filtering through. Right. <laughs> Look, No Way Home was a fine movie, I liked it, but I still lament the movie we could have gotten with Kraven, Scorpion, and Spider Slayers hunting Spider-Man through New York, and I know only the Kraven part was confirmed, but god damn it! <laughs> I want pictures. 
I want street-level pictures of Spider-Man. That would be pretty choice. So, we actually don't have a trailer time this weekend. Yeah, no. It's first time in a while, I would say. Yeah, I couldn't really find anything that felt like it was worthwhile and that also didn't involve a giant fucking space spider. <laughs> Fair. Which I just can't deal with. Mm-hmm. I saw an image on Twitter and I almost shit myself. No, well, that's, that's, that's an un- understandable reaction, I would say. I hate having arachnophobia. Mm. Anyways, because of that, we're just gonna go straight into the box office. Indeed. Did we see the highest grossing movie this weekend? Not even close. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> ISS actually took 7th place. Yeah, that sounds about right. $3 million total, no worldwide info. Mm. So, uh, that's interesting. Oh boy. <laughs> Guess what first place was? Still Wonka. No, it's Mean Girls again. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, there we go. Yeah, $11.6 million domestic weekend, $50 million domestic total, $66.2 million worldwide. I also just looked up ISS's budget, mm-hmm. 13.8 mil. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> Let me say that. I mean, I know that in the grand scheme of things, that it, that is a low budget for a movie, but I kind of figured it'd be like maybe $10 million or so. Uh, the space shots have got to be expensive. Mm, fair. Not that they did it in space, but, you know, recreating that. Yeah, recreating it, and, oh, granted, CGI cost as well. I I will say, I mean, I, def- I don't feel like it's a horrible thing to talk about before we actually get into the movie review, but I when I was watching the movie, the thing I was the most curious about was how they did all the zero-gravity shots. Mm. Probably wires. Eh, fair. I'd assume wires. I, I mean, I figured it, at minimum the answers include a lot of green screen and some CGI. But it was a thing of like, how are they doing this? Because there's no fucking way they could put a film crew on the actual ISS. <laughs> I mean, That's Tom Cruise sure. is planning on doing that for a movie. Was he really? <laughs> yeah. My name is Tom Cruise, so you know. Uh, fair. But before we get into ISS, I saw another movie this weekend. Oh boy. Which I can't even find the box office info for. <laughs> leading me to believe it has not been reported. Hmm. Yeah, apparently Tom Cruise's plan to shoot a film in outer space is still in the works as of July 2023. Okay. So, no, the movie I saw was Founder's Day. Right. Which involves a town being terrorized by a serial killer in the lead-up to a very polarizing mayoral election. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, to my surprise, I liked this quite a bit. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, to to give you the premise, the main character... Allison something or other. I don't remember her. I don't remember her actual name. <laughs> the full okay. name. Okay. Her girlfriend is the first victim of this killer, and after that, both of the mayoral candidates are rea- are responding in different ways. Uh, this this movie, I'm very surprised. I thought I was going to be frustrated as fuck right at the start. Right. Specifically because the politics are incredibly vague. Right. It's literally just a case of. One candidate is pitching themselves as, because they're the incumbent, voting for them is a vote for consistency, and the other one is a vote for change, and it's like, change of what? Consistency of what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What do you stand for? You're both interchangeable fucking puppets. Surprise, surprise. That's the point. Okay. Egg on my face. Hmm. This is actually a pretty well shot and, dare I say, pretty well plotted movie. Okay. It was actually really funny because I had the killer pegged from Go, and I was correct. That's always fun. (laughs) 
Yeah, usually that would be a knock against it, but the movie was actually much cleverer in its execution of the killer reveal than I was expecting. A lot more moving parts. It was much more clever in the execution of the executions. <laughs> waka waka. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely some statements here about how two-party politics are a fucking sham. Mm-hmm. Stuff about how everybody gets too caught up in being this side or that side to actually do anything productive. Mm-hmm. The characters all kind of fucking suck, except for, like, one of them. Right. But that's typical slasher movie stuff. I mean, yeah, that's usually how that goes. Can't even- oh, that's what that says. <laughs> huh. One of your notes? Uh, can't even do a good frame-up twist without giving it away, I wrote. Ah, uh, fun. That was midway through the movie, though, so... Mm. Yeah, no, the movie actually sort didn't quite bamboozle me, but it had me doubting a little bit. Okay. Also, one guy, I swear to God, I thought he had a weird Uchiha clan fan <laughs> symbol, but with a Sharingan on it. Turns out, no, it was a skull tattoo. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, you're exactly the kind of fucko who'd have a Naruto symbol like that. <laughs> it's, it's like, ends up having, like, the whole Akatsuki jacket and all that, too. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Jesus, Toby is a good boy. <laughs> no, he's not. Mm. It's really hard to talk about this one because I feel like any real deeper analysis requires me to give away the twist, and I actually feel like this is worth seeing. <laughs> right. Which is crazy. I was not expecting <laughs> to come away from this thinking that. <laughs> it's certainly not the most elevated slasher in the world. That would be It's a Wonderful Knife, but... What? Yeah, so I just saw that this weekend. It came out last year. <laughs> Wait, how have I not heard about this? Because <laughs> uh, the Marvels is coming out around the same time, so that took up most of the... Okay. <laughs> that took up most of the space, and that's why I ended up not going to see it. But no, It's a Wonderful Knife was actually quite good. Okay. <laughs> it's basically, what if I never existed, but I'm also the one who stopped a serial killer a year ago, so what happens if I never did that? Hmm. Quite good. That sounds interesting, at the very least. It, it, it is quite possibly the best slasher I've, I've ever seen in my life. Okay, that's high praise. Which makes it really funny that I gave it three and a half stars now that I'm actually <laughs> rating movies on Letterboxd, but... <laughs> to be fair, I like slashers. To, I like certain slashers. And I like mm. horror as a whole. That doesn't mean most of them are good. <laughs> right. No, of course not. So no, this is No It's a Wonderful Life, which you've now also gotten a glowing endorsement to go see. But I definitely <laughs> say this one is worth checking out. Alrighty. And with that out of the way, now that I uh, have said all I feel like saying without giving a... I barely said anything. Mm. Jesus. Let's go to ISS. Let's go to ISS. Which I'm also surprised to say I liked way more than I was expecting. Okay, that I'm genuinely shocked by. <laughs> because... For me, personally, it's like the movie at no point got any better than It's Okay. <laughs> well, I certainly wouldn't call it a masterpiece. Mm. But it's also not terrible, you know? And I was I was expecting a lot worse. You know what? Fair. I will give you that. I was expecting it to be completely god-awful, and I will say it's it wasn't that. I, I, I have a hard time saying that it's good, but it wasn't god-awful, that's for sure. Yeah. This stars uh, Ariana DeBose as Dr. Kiro Foster, who's a new astronaut recruit going on board the ISS. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the IS the International Space Station being a direct result of American and Russian cooperation, so it's staffed by astronauts and cosmonauts. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
although they mostly get along, a conflict breaks out on the surface of the planet, and both groups are ordered by their government to take the space station by whatever means necessary. Right. Tensions flare. Tensions flare indeed. Shit gets <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I don't know if this is just a me thing, but like, I forget, have you flown? You've flown. You've been in I Europe. Have... What am I saying? Yeah, I have flown. I spent that whole movie with the sensation of breathing in recycled airplane air. <laughs> that is extremely specific. <laughs> because, like, that's what that humming noise does to me, the life support system hum. Oh, oh that's fair. It just makes me think, ah, yeah, this is... Oh, God. I, I don't really like the smell of recycled airplane air either. It's just... Mm. It's in there, because I've done a lot of flying as a child, and it's just kind of ingrained. Right. So, flying on a plane, not flying a plane. Just <laughs> child me with a hat. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be, oh god, like the final bit in the most recent Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> Who was that? Which kid was that? I, I forget I, the name. I forget his name. That's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's better than Helena. Mm, oh yeah, a hundred percent. Helena sucked. Anyways, yes. ISS. ISS. Honestly, the, the the main thing I can say about this movie, it's an hour and a half long, and yes. it certainly feels brisk. Yeah, it does. It it definitely does. Honestly, it could actually stay to be a little bit longer because the tension just kind of immediately boils over. Almost, there's not a lot of time to let the grasp of their situation set in. There's definitely a feeling of, all right, things are happening, and now we're moving on to the next, to, like, the next immediate bit, which is very, is, was very frustrating in the first, like, I'd say 15, 20 minutes of the movie, because the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie are a little cringe. <laughs> At least for I me, guess, they were. I guess, but they're also kind of what I'd expect from people who spend a bunch of their time surrounded by the same, like, five or six people. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's fair. That is totally fair. So in that instance, I can understand it. Hmm. Let's see. I didn't take a lot of notes on this one. Hmm. Despite this new pace, I am still just a rat up in space. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Okay, here's a question, since we've had different showings of this. Mm-hmm. Did the frame rate drop for you at a couple points? Not that I noticed. Huh. I, I feel like I would have noticed that. <laughs> there were a couple of points, like once when Gordon's out in a spacewalk and Kira's dropping her backstory, mm -hmm. and once when uh, Nikolai was following after the fidget cube or whatever the heck it is. Okay, now that you, yeah, now that you mention it, I think there might have been a very quick frame drop during the spacewalk portion, but that's the only bit that I can think of. Uh, and it, it wasn't the spacewalk itself, it was Kira, where it seemed like she was moving out of sync slightly. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure myself either. It's just weird to me. I do like a good episode, I do like a good bottle episode, though. Bottle episode? Yeah, that's, well, I guess technically this isn't that. It does have multiple sets, mm. but you get the feeling that there's not a lot of space. Well, yeah. Which is ironic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from what I've seen, of like the bits I've seen of the interior of the ISS, that is actually in line with, it, with what it's like to be in there. No, it does make it feel proper claustrophobic. Oh, yeah. It's simultaneously isolating, but with no sense of privacy. Right. <laughs> kind of like being stuck in your house during a quarantine. 
<laughs> I'm not still I'm not still scarred from that. Mm, no, not at all. Who said I was? Mm. The acting was okay. The acting, I would say the acting was probably the strongest point of the movie. Everyone, for the most part, everyone did a pretty solid job in, in their roles with what they were given. I feel like most of it was kind of understated, if anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel like it was understated, but it was probably also understated with the realization of when the things get going, it's like, well, yeah, what? there can't really be much stronger reactions at certain things because it is literally just the six of us. In this space station, some of which have, some of us have been here for way too goddamn long. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could have stood for one really good freak out, though. You know, mm. I feel like mm. we never got that. That's fair. A couple of people come close, but they never go full off the leash. Right. Very unfortunate. Also, um, I don't want to give away the ending just yet, but boy, howdy! Did you check the movie <laughs> subreddit after seeing your after seeing it for yours? I did. <laughs> There's some single-celled brain amoeba takes on this movie. A little bit. <laughs> like, there's some media illiterate fucking takes of how this sh- quote-unquote should have gone. Yeah. Ambiguity bad. <laughs> I mean, there were some bad takes for sure, but I can also understand where some of them came from. Especially since, again, I'm not going to claim... God, I can't even really get into my thing without spoiling the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, no. Um, I, I mean, I'm in agreement that some of the people on here, because like I said, I, I, for those who don't know, I make a regular thing of every time we see a movie, seeing what people say on the movie subreddit, not to like kind of form opinions with them more, so to just genuinely curious to see what other people see, um, say about it, and also see some of the occasionally funny stuff that some people say on the on the subreddit. <laughs> Yeah, I periodically check it. I was curious on this one, and boy, howdy, do I regret that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some real smooth brain interpretations of what's going on. Indeed. (laughs) I also, I I, I like that at no point do you you ever feel like, no, this is just on a set. This feels properly immersive in terms of both the set and how they handle the gravity stuff. Yeah, no, like like I said earlier, like the thing I was most curious about as I was watching the movie is I'm sure the answers do involve green screen and CGI, but it is a thing of like, okay, I genuinely want to know what went into all the zero gravity moments and all that. And well, especially since a large portion of the movie is zero gravity because it's in space. <laughs> genuinely, I'm genuinely pretty sure it's there... all zero gravity. I don't think there's ever any gravity. Yeah, like... I think the only so one of the things that um is talked about on the movie that I'm I'm as far as I'm aware is very much a real thing on the actual ISS are little bars that the astronauts and cosmonauts can like put their feet in and that keeps them like in place for whatever they're doing. Yeah. So I figured it's like okay, that's probably the part where those are actual like zero gravity um scenes. If they just if the actors just need to stand in one place or stand still, like that's probably the actual zero gravity part. Um, no, as that's far as the f- that 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 would just be the ones where like they don't bother with wires or anything. That would be yeah. gravity. Everything yeah. else is a zero gravity shot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. got my words mixed up there, <laughs> but hopefully through inference and word choice and context, people know what I meant. <laughs> and if not, me explaining it outright will hopefully help. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was just the part I was just like, I have to know how they're doing this. <laughs> I'd assume wires. Hmm. But I don't know for sure. Fair. 
I don't know. I don't really. There's not really a standout in this cast. I don't think they're all about on par with each other. So, it's. Oh, you know what? Chris Messina as Gordon Barrett. He goes a little nuts at one point. Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> but only a little. It's very. There's not a lot of time to like let it like to let it linger. Right. That's a little unfortunate. Oh yeah, it it, it is indeed. You got anything else that's not a spoiler? I don't think so. Mm. So in that instance, I'd say this is worth checking out. Oh yeah. It's certainly not the greatest thing in the world, but it's brisk. It uses its time decently effectively. If anything, it could stand to be a little bit longer and let some of the tension build a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it still does a good job with the time that it has. Right. And to, after that, I'd say if you don't want to get spoiled on ISS, make sure to click away in three, two, one. So for a good chunk of the movie, I was uh, a little disappointed at how all of the aggression and maneuvering and hostility was pretty much Russian one-sided. Yeah, that was a little frustrating. I know that it being a fictitious movie in a fictitious um, scenario, there are going to be, like... Good guys and bad guys. Well, good guys and bad guys and creative liberties uh, going on. But it is the thing of, like, no, I'm pretty confident it's been pretty well documented that all of the astronauts and cosmonauts who are on the actual ISS are pretty cool with each other. Because they understand, like, what they're there for and how lucky they are to be there amongst other things. So it's the thing of, like, it, I had a hard time buying the whole thing of, like, alright, well, we're just gonna be the bad guys now. And I mean, to be fair, the movie does a good job balancing it out later on where it mostly turns out that most of the hostility on the Russian side is orchestrated by Nikolai. And mm-hmm. Christian ends up becoming a equally unhelpful slash antagonistic force on the American side. Yeah, Christian just kind of gets deranged in the last little bit. <laughs> what an asshole. Indeed. I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> I mean, it was a brutal death, though. Oh, yeah. Deserved, I mean, though. Yeah, as I say, I'm not going to say it's undeserved, just that it was kind of brutal. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was a little bit frustrating. Part of the reason I was also frust- frustrated by that, too, was the whole thing of how we had to keep it secret. It's like, no, there's literally six of you. Three belonging to each nation in question. I think chances are pretty good that they also got the same orders as you guys did. So, and they're probably also equally like, well, wait, what do we do? We don't actually hate these people. (laughs) Yeah. The whole, like, antagonism that came from that was just, again, while acknowledging that it was necessary, also slightly frustrating for me personally. I can understand it from, you literally just watched the world blow up before your very eyes. Yeah. Which, oh god, this movie kind of does the thing too where it's like, I end up being much more interested on what's going on not in the space station. Because it's the whole thing of, of t- a conflict has broken out between Russia and the United States. And the, the conflict is introduced with the continental United States actually being destroyed by nuclear weapons in its entirety. And it and stays on fire pretty much the whole time, which I'm a little concerned by. <laughs> Yeah, and there's several, admittedly, very, as fucked up as it sounds, very beautiful shots of them in space, but with scenes of, like, you see 
all of America on fire. And then, like, later on in the movie, there's another scene of just looking at the space station, and in the corner you see the majority of Russia also on fire. And it's like, no, I care a lot more about what's going on down there right now than what's happening with these six people on the space station. <laughs> like, I am much more invested on how this all happened. <laughs> now I'm just imagining that scene where they're looking out at all the fireballs popping up over the planet, and you just hear... I don't want to set the world <laughs> on fire. It turns out that this that this movie is actually the prequel to the Fallout miniseries that's going to be coming. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you kind of like how people were thinking that movie Life was going to be a Venom prequel. Oh, <laughs> right. That was a thing. Oh yeah, I know. I I know. I want to talk about the ending, but I know. I feel like there was something else besides the ending that. I'm just having the hardest time remembering right now. I will say, as a result of the movie being brisk, a lot of stuff in it feels telegraphed. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of room for stuff that isn't eventually called back to later on, which on the one hand is good, on the other hand, could use a little more character moments and a little more tension builders. Oh yeah, yeah, like the whole thing of how the Russians knock three times to get people's attention, or the new, the new people's attention, and that comes back in the movie. It's like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. And on the one hand, you get some subtle character bits, like Christian going, uh, yeah, my daughter's at that age, and also probably to help them, my ex is probably going on about dad, and then he gets interrupted, which implies, yeah, he's one of those guys. It's mm. subtle, and it could go <laughs> multiple ways, but as he starts to unravel a little bit more, it's like, oh, okay, that's what that was hinting at. But then you get the subtle as an oxygen tank to the head kind of thing, it's like... <laughs> When Kira checks out her rats and two of them have killed two of the other ones, she's like, why would you do this? It's like, oh, that's not foreshadowing. Yeah, man, there was so much. God, when I was talking about the first 20, 30 minutes being frustrating, that's part of it, too. Because it's like, my brain, I'm just seeing like so many scenes play out. It's just like, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Gordon Barrett doing the whole mouth thing to Nika. It's like, cringe foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that really stinks for him. Oh yeah, it does. Uh, you know what I will say? I was surprised that he came back alive. I thought for sure that he was just dead. I was just like, well, that kind of sucks. He wasn't even there for that long. It's like, oh, he's alive. It's like, wait, fucking really? Uh, to be fair, they did say he had like eight hours of life support in there. No, uh, fair. And then he's like, comes back and immediately dies. <laughs> So the node zero thing kind of confused me. I don't, I don't understand that bit. I'll admit. Yeah, I think what it was, how it was written above the cell was like N O D E, and then the zero on the top. I don't, I don't know what was going on there. In all honesty. Yeah, I get, I get that bit, but also like it doesn't seem like there was anything really hiding there. If I understand right, she then opened Christian's chamber and then saw that he had like a dummy in a suit or something, and had the radiation sickness treatment stuff, implying, I don't know what. I think the implication was that Christian also knew about it, and he was planning on hijacking the Soyuz, like, spacecraft to go back down to Earth. Okay. Yeah, like, I think that's what they what they were going after. Hmm. I will say, at a certain point, I did very much start feeling for Alexi. <laughs> Yeah, that poor guy. You know what? I will give the movie this for subverting my expectations. I was fooling him, the, expecting him to be like the main bad guy. Huh. But then as it kind of goes on, he's just like, oh no, this dude is just as 
mind fucked in all of this as everyone else is and that's it's a little bit sad from his end because he's like he literally is like i killed my best friend or one of my friends when he's talking yeah. to nikolai after after nika dies so it's like oof and not directly because christian did that but oh yeah but still <laughs> indirectly through prolonging this conflict and driving her to a point where she felt like she needed to present a clear presentation to the thing mm-hmm Although you'd think you'd think she would have been a little more explicit about Node Zero. Yeah, no. Again, I'm not sure if that was like a misunderstanding on her end or something like that. You'd think she would have said, "It's it's under a th- it's a sign. It's a it's a fi- it's it's a makeshift sign. Not I need you to get in this drawer." Yeah. <laughs> kind of had it coming. Right. Nikolai's kind of a. Not much of an antagonist. Oh. (laughs) I mean, mean, that too. He's he's a realistic sort where it's just like, yeah, whatever, it's our duty, let's do this thing. But Mm. not not very engaging. Right. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing of, like, this is our duty is just like, okay, so realistic, very much a realistic reaction to that, especially that's one's thought process, but it's kind of, I felt like it was a little cookie cutter that that was his Mm. reasoning at that point. And I mean, to be fair, like, we could talk shit about how they chose to handle things all the live long day. But again, when they literally watched a good chunk of the world blow up before their very eyes, it's understandable that, you know. Yeah. You're gonna default to some stupid ideas. Yeah, that's fair. That is completely fair. So the ending, because part of the the thing is, after Gordon is assumed dead, he's actually not. At least not until later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nika goes to Kira and enlists her help because was it Ale- was it Alexa Alexi who was working on something? Yeah, he was working like an anti radiation treatment or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Radiation sickness treatment or something. So she's like, I'll cause a distraction. You go get the radiation sickness treatment mm. vials. Get on the get on the Soyuz. Go back to Earth. And then she's killed in the ensuing standoff because Christian assumes she's gonna blow up the ship. Right. Because she's threatening to blow up the ship. Yeah, because she is actually threatening to blow up the ship. (laughs) Like, when she's talking about creating a distraction, I'm like, you're actually opening oxygen tanks. You still... Wait, okay, this seems a little extreme for a distraction, sweetheart. (laughs) To be fair, that is how you get people to listen. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) But it's like one wrong move, one slip up, and everyone actually dies. (laughs) Oh, I guess the implication is that by that point, Christian had already gone, like, full round-the-bend, no cooperation, because that's the point when he tells Kira there's no such thing as Node Zero, even though, as we see later, he knows what that means. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah, it's actually telegraphed that he loses it very quickly then. Neat, I completely missed that. Well, no, it's not telegraphed super quickly, because you have to then find out that Node Zero is actually a thing. And then I guess we're operating under the assumption he was kind of, like, thinning the crowd out, so it would be... So we wouldn't have to, like, fight for spots on the return craft, I'd assume? Right. At least I think that was his plan. Who knows why madmen do what they do, as John Cena once said. Right. <laughs> well, dressed in a Peacemaker costume. <laughs> because he's Peacemaker. Because he's the fucking Peacemaker. What a joke. Indeed. No, I thought... Uh, I thought the ending was good. The only thing that bugged me about the ending, really, is that... So, spoilers on the ending. Alexi and Kira are the last two survivors, and Kira's message down to Houston actually gets through about re-leveling 
the International Space Station remotely so that they don't just fly and disintegrate into the atmosphere. So Which I, seems okay. unnecessary, considering they were leaving anyway, except, I guess, to preserve it for future generations. Well, yeah, but I think it was also to communicate, hey, actually, there is someone down there who is listening and still alive, so we're mm. not completely fucked just yet. And as a result, they decide to still take the Soyuz um, down, but it's Alexei and Kira in both in spacesuits, and you hear corresponding messages from both sides, because both Russia and Houston realize that the Soyuz is docking from the International Space Station to come back down. And you hear messages from the Russian side saying is like, what I'm only assuming is like, is um, anyone from Russia, like, let us know where you're going. And then from the American side is like, any whoever's on the Soyuz, please state who you are. We will come to find any and rescue any Americans that are on there. And they just shut down the radio communication. He's like, so where are we going? I don't know. And then they just, you just see the Soyuz start to slowly go down and movie ends, which my thing with that is I kind of do like what they're going for. It's the whole like, yeah, show of goodwill thing. But my thing is just, unfortunately, my brain also goes like, okay, there's no way somebody's still dying. (laughs) Because it's like you have a Russian and American going down in the Soyuz together, literally to a world on fire with what can only be assumed as international nuclear war happening between the two of them. It's like, for me, that's that kind of felt like a, a bit of an anticlimactic ending, because it's like, no, there's still a lot left on the table. I very much am curious as to what is going to happen to these people when they make it back down to Earth. You can't just leave me on that. <laughs> I'm curious, but I feel like once they decided to cooperate, it ultimately doesn't matter. That is true. Talking about the movie subreddit, apparently a bunch of people said that there was an earlier screening like months ago where I guess the original ending was the two of them just on the space station watching the earth just further set itself on fire and drinking beer and it's like that sounds worse it's one of those weird ones where i saw that as like it sounds worse but it also sounds more realistic <laughs> it's more definitive but i don't like it as much yeah it's it, it would definitely be a, a much more of a downer of an ending that's for sure whereas here because you gotta remember there's also the chance they don't make it back down to earth anyway because kira was skeptical of the chances of making it back down without guidance and if they're rejecting communication from america and russia Mm. presumably they're not getting that guidance right this is entirely possible they just smack it in the fucking andes or something and die yeah (laughs) or they end up getting collected by the russians in which case kira will die or they get correct collected by the americans in which case alexi will die or maybe they touch down in the Atlantic near France and get the radiation sickness treatment to them, and they both live. Who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my my main issue with the ending, if anything, is that it just kind of ends, and it's like, no, no, I, I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still very interested in... I think this kind of goes into how the movie could be a little bit longer. If it could be longer, nothing else is that I would love to see what happens if slash when they make it back to Earth. Just a little, like, blip about that would be cool. I feel like that would push into either too much of a downer or too unrealistically optimistic. Mm. Mm, fair. Ultimately, I feel like the message is, the only shot we've got is if we work together. Mm. But it's a shot. It's not a guarantee. Right. And I feel like there's no way to go any further than where they went that wouldn't be unambiguously a downer or end a little too hopeful considering all the horrendous shit that's presumably going on. Right. 
Not to mention, it would force them to sink additional time and resources into, like, two minutes of an actual world on fire. Right. <laughs> I just want to stop. <laughs> no, I, I like this decently enough. Hmm. Certainly not I... one of my favorite movies ever, but... Oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, I mean, again, kind of reiterating the thing earlier, it's like... Wow, it's, I feel like it's been a while since we've had, like... Well, granted, the last times we disagreed on the movie, it was usually on a much more extreme scale than this one. Yeah, your last time was some other woman. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah, no, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't like this movie, but I absolutely don't hate it. I definitely don't think it's a good movie, but it's not a bad movie by any stretch either. Yeah, I liked it. I don't think it's great, but I think it's decent. Mm-hmm. And if nothing else, it really captures that sort of claustrophobic paradox of being completely isolated and yet not alone right that's not easy to do oh yeah no you got anything else no i don't think so all right so in that case thanks so much for listening everybody make sure to like comment subscribe share the video around do whatever you want to do we're also on spotify amazon Podcasts, google podcasts we are not on apple i checked uh unfortunate <laughs> yeah i should probably figure that out too but i don't know mm. next week I have no idea what we're going to do. Because <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little rough next week. Right now, the pickings are very slim. It is mm. either Godzilla minus one minus color, in which case you get to listen to us talk about a movie we just talked <laughs> about a few months ago. Right. And in fact, actually just a few weeks ago, because it made both of our top ten, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. So, there's that. There's a two-hour, 40-minute Hindi-language fighter movie, which... Presumably, if that happens, I'm the only one talking about it, because schedule-wise, it's not very conducive to both of us seeing it. Yeah, like, God, it's one of those things where I'm interested in it because of what it is, but I also would not be able to make that work time-wise. Or we pull another Friday the 13th, watch something else that came out ages ago, and talk about that. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Guess we'll find out. Indeed. But in any case, this has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye!